G-A-L-D-E-M G-A-L-D-E-M This song is good. Hello and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder. And for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie. I'm the head of editorial at Galdem and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our podcast, Growing Up With Galdem. This episode of Growing Up With Galdem is sponsored by the BBC and Michaela Cole's brand new show, I May Destroy You. It's incredible and it's currently available to be streamed on iPlayer, which I strongly, strongly recommend that you do. It was written, exec produced, co-directed and also stars the incredibly talented Michaela Cole, who you'll hear a little bit more from later on in the episode. The story essentially centres the experience of a young woman who has to completely rebuild her life after her drink is spiked. It's powerful, it's poignant and it's often hard to watch, but it's an incredible watch and I have no doubt that you're going to enjoy it. Welcome to Growing Up With Galdem Series 2, our lockdown edition. We'll be recording, me and Charlie, from our bedrooms for the foreseeable future and we hope that you enjoy it. Yay! We're so excited to have you here with us. Um, (laughs) It's crazy to see you over Zoom. It's lovely to see you over Zoom as well. I feel like you need absolutely like no introduction at all especially not to our audience we all love you and and we've been fans of you for some time and I will try not to gush um but yeah so today we're really really excited to everyone that's listening um we are we are in lockdown we're we're recording the first episode of growing up with Galdem in isolation in lockdown and the first episode we are so excited to have Michaela Cole joining us um Michaela as you will know is an award-winning actress playwright screenwriter poet creator of Chewing Gum, which, you know, defined so so many of our experiences growing up um, and was just, yeah, uh, incredible. And the list of accolades and awards and, you know, achievements um, of Michaela kind of go on and on. You will have seen her in shows like Black Mirror, Been So Long, Black Earth Rising, and really, really excitingly, and, and is coming to our screens in the UK, I think, in June, um, is I May Destroy You. And Michaela works both on screen and off screen, literally in the case of Chewing Gum, where she wrote herself and her story into existence. And she's truly been a pioneer and and has demonstrated to a whole generation of young people, specifically for young black women, that if they don't see themselves reflected, they can quite literally write themselves into existence. Um, And you might also have seen her in our Guardian Takeover back in 2018. I'm I'm very excited to be here. It's so weird with this... um... These online things, like I'm, I'm used to like talking, vibing with you, Liv. But I know it's weird. I have to wait, then like let there be like a two second gap. Then I know it's time for me to now also speak. It's so weird. It is so weird. It is so weird. And this is the first one that you that we've done. So you're kind of like our our podcasting guinea pig. I'm happy to be the guinea pig. Well, thanks. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're we're super, super thrilled to have you here and, and to talk about all of the amazing things that you have coming up as well. So 
So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, obviously, before we get into it, we have to ask you the question that I'm sure you've been asked a million times, which is, how are you finding lockdown? Do you hate it? Do you love it? Obviously, there's a lot of sadness going on in the world right now, but I think it's interesting hearing about how everyone's experiences of lockdown have been like. Yeah, it's... Um... You know, my mum my is a mental health nurse for the NHS. So um, what I've taken from my mum's, um, from trying to see things through my mum's eyes, um, for some reason, she's still smiling. Um, she comes home, she has her routine. Um, she likes checking in with her family. Uh, she doesn't watch the news beyond a certain point. Um, and she finds the, the pride in her humanity of, of being an NHS worker, of being a citizen. I was going to say my mum is also a mental health nurse um, and I can very much, yeah, uh, relate to what you said regarding her kind of attitude to it. She's just kind of taken it all in her stride, didn't ever sort of like consider like she's never spoken to me about being scared do you know what I mean which I think is really interesting it's just you know another day get it done and then like when we're on the phone she wants to talk about like gardening and like <laughs> that kind of fun stuff rather than um getting too dark and, and too deep which I, I think yeah it makes me very proud of her as well so I can very much empathize we want to hear about whether there happen to be any upcoming special projects that you might be able to tell our audience about any new tv shows perhaps <laughs> oh it's weird i'm like if you're talking about i may destroy you <laughs> i it's, it's almost like is it new i've been it feels like i've been it's been a uh, two and a half years wow in the, it's the only job i've ever done so mm. is it new i don't know but it's the latest it's my latest offering um yeah I guess the inception of it, inception of it was a, a real life uh, experience. I um, had my drink spiked and was uh, assaulted and had a memory. And I share, you know, I share. It's all, it's a way that I understand myself. It's a way that I process. It's a way that I heal. It's a way that I protect. And I realized as I began to sort of write and ask other people that this experience um, was very common and that there were so many different ways that this theft of consent of uh, the way deception can maneuver its way into sexual interactions uh, was spanning across all these different communities. I have so many different stories and that is heartbreaking and yet also for me provided um, a, a very good basis to tell a story to everyone for everyone. It became our story so yeah it's about trauma and it's about how we um how and whether there is uh, a way forward and and what those ways are and how we serve ourselves um after experiencing trauma what does it feel like having having something so huge being kind of released at at this moment in time it must be very different for you to the kind of other projects and films and and programs that you've worked on before right yeah, for, for many reasons. I think also the, the, the content, um, you know, I think when you're going through deeply uh, traumatic times, you can feel alone and feel isolated. 
Mm -hmm. So there's something about, and also you can feel constrained and blocked by whatever traumatic um, thing is, is just deeply kind of affecting and guiding your every step. And so there's something about having this show um, at this time. There's something about it that I, I feel might give hope uh, to other people. You, you, are, you are not alone. Somebody mm -hmm. else also feels alone. Um, and you can come together and feel alone together and see what happens after that. I miss people. I miss um, hugs, obviously. <laughs> um, I miss uh, being able to be in in amongst a big group of strangers and not worry about sweat or bacteria. Um, but also, it's really hard, uh, you know, to find moments to be still in London, especially, and it's come at a horrible cost, but if we were to find any kind of positive or reason to be grateful amidst a nightmare, it, it would be that it's kind of allowed us to break a little bit and just prioritise the things that we need and really want that feed us, that make us um, healthier, happier people. You know? So I thought it would be quite nice to look back on your experience um, working with, and I think first meeting us, which was, when we did our Guardian takeover and 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 that shoot and and and, and what that looked like, um, do do you remember that day, that moment? I shaved your head on set, which was which was great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> run up to this meeting. I think I've been like dreamily sort of fantasizing about that. <laughs> How lovely that was to sort of be at a shoot and like live shaving my hair I think I'll end this like nothing it was just nothing it was very normal and and casual you know it didn't there was no anxiety around the idea that this person who I've just kind of met is is shaving my hair I think you're you're very personable it speaks to your um your character live um I remember that shoot just having joy 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 and ease and confident it was uh it was being confident to uh, free myself and saunter around and and know that actually any physical pose i make and any any pose that i do um it's not going to be judged or shamed by these people it's actually going to be um applauded and encouraged which meant that the shoot was um was fluid it felt really fluid and um yeah, hard to top that, hard to top that kind of shoot. Yeah, it was a, it was such a, I mean, yeah, for Charlie, for me, for all of us, it was such a huge moment, I guess, in the history of what it is that we're doing in terms of saying that in these pages, in these books, in these magazines, behind the scenes, and, and also, of course, like on the front cover, all of it, we deserve to be seen. It was a really, I think, kind of pivotal moment for how we were seen and, 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 and how people thought about commissioning and, and all of those sorts of things in, in the wider kind of sense of British journalism. Of course, there's still loads, loads to go. There's a long way to go. But I think it was it was it was special, really. Yeah. And I think that energy when basically when, you know, I think, they, you know, people say when everybody's at the table, it does mean that the dinner goes really well and everybody has a great time. And uh, you know, I recall even on the shoot for I May Destroy You, us actually talking with each other 
about how unusual it was that it was diverse that oh you're here and you're from Venezuela and you're from Malaysia and your parents are from Jamaica and how and you're from you know um Shropshire and how cool that we're all in the room the energy's different and I, I only wish that there was there was more of that you know um, I feel like it's, it's. I mean, it, it, I was going to say it's interesting, but I guess it, it makes sense that the extract that you've picked for us is about acting. It is about kind of taking note. It is about stereotypes. It is about, you know, so much of what, you know, you, you have kind of done and, 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 and um, spoken about through a lot of the projects and, and, and your career. Um, yeah, there's loads in it. I mean, at one point you say, should I even be becoming an actor? It's a hard thing to do. I always pick the hardest thing to do. It was so weird reading that back. Well, we would actually like you to read it for us now, if you don't mind. Oh, well, yeah. Let me, let me go and call it up. Okay. A couple weeks ago, we performed a play called Murmuring Judges. I had, I had a feedback meeting with my movement teacher, and he really made me think you don't know how I am. Although I'm going to a drama school, ranked top three worldwide, blah, blah, blah. I'm not entirely sure I actually want to be an actor. My movement teacher has a huge amount of faith in my future as an actor. He gave me a long speech about the potential I have in the state I'm already in, having completed less than half the course. Went on and on and ended his speech by saying, I don't mean to pressurize you, madam, just making you aware of the rare gift inside you. Do I really want that pressure? Being an actor seems like a lot of work, but then again, I seem to attach myself to anything that involves risk and spontaneity. So maybe it's just me. Who knows? Dot, dot, dot. I learned a phrase from a director I wrote about mainly in my private diaries. The phrase is, take the note. When someone, i.e. friends, teachers, misguided pastors, directors, criticize something you're doing, i.e. gives you a note where you could improve or where you are flopping, just take the note. You don't have to believe the note, but you will save yourself a lot of time, energy, anger, and tears if you just take the note. In your private time, do what you want to do with it. Spit on the note, put it in a shredder, set it to light, read it over and over again. Put it under your pillow for osmosis. But in that moment, just take the darn note and move on. As much as directors, teachers, pastors would hate to admit it, sometimes their criticism is just based on their prior experience. Perhaps in your past experiences, when you've seen girls with hair like mine, they've been a heathen. Or when you've seen girls who wear clothes like mine, they've been sexually promiscuous. What happens when you are the person who defies all those stereotypes? Don't expect other people to acknowledge that. They will paint you with the same brush. It's human. It's a coping mechanism that we all use. Makes life easier if we use our past to dictate our present. But like all coping mechanisms, they make you feel safe. But in all truth, feeling safe may prevent you from growing and learning. And besides, feeling safe and being safe are two entirely different things. Thank you for that. Yeah, I feel like um, there is a, a lot to unpack there. Like, um, and obviously that, that I mean, firstly, it'd be interesting to know, is that from like a, a blog that you kept or something that was like public? So um, I used to, basically, it's quite interesting, you know, not a lot of my life, I think, I, I was, when she said 
she said, I was talking about she as if it's a different person to me because it's the past, right? When she talks about the private diaries, I became so curious. I was like, where are those private diaries? And what what were in those? Um, Yeah, I think um, so much of myself was, I was a very open, open person. You were an open person, sort of using the past tense. Would you say that you still are, or was was that kind of um, expansiveness on your life uh, something that characterised you when you were younger? You know, I'm so lucky in that I have um, this huge platform, right, which means that the more time I've had in sharing and blogging and the more I realise you've got to be so mindful about what you share which has led me to deep introspection because I want to make sure that when I use the platform and I present myself uh, and I present my thoughts and my feelings, it's just about being mindful and being intentional. Um, So looking in whilst being very open, but also having the private space to really think about who you are and how you feel and your motivations and everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I suppose, you know, back then, was it a case of you were kind of exploring yourself through or coming to understand yourself through writing down your thoughts and feelings about these experiences that were happening to you in a, on a more public forum? It feels like uh, it's not a conscious thing. It's like, uh, you know, I first learned of, I don't know if you guys, did you guys ever hear about this thing called X Pages? Back in the day, X Pages. No, so. No. This is when I was, so I would have been like 12, 13, when uh, you began to uh, put IT classes into schools, right? So this is the era of learning about the internet, modems. You could make your own website and you share the code that you put in. So from a very early age, um, sharing thoughts on a huge stage and wanting loads of people to see it has been the way the way that I've lived. I think for a lot of our generation, we are a generation and we all have a speakerphone and that has informed, and that speakerphone came when we were learning to articulate and think for ourselves in, in adolescence. And yeah, so I think uh, that person, when I think about me young, it wasn't conscious because it was just, the way it was, it was always there. You could blog, you could blog. When you could think about these things, you could also blog about them. How, how long ago was that specific extract that you read written? Because I feel like that it's, it's very insightful in, in, and, and very reflexive in a sense of kind of looking at stereotyping and, and what that means and where you fit into that. It was halfway through the course. Mm. Uh, and I started the course in 2009, so that's 2010. 10 years ago. You were just so insightful 10, 10 years ago. You're an ins- insightful person. You had that degree of like understanding how the world related to you at an early age, I guess. Yeah, you know, though, yeah, I, but I also do see the a naivety in, in, in myself. Mm. But also I think, uh, you know, from very young, I've, well, all of us here on this island called Britain we have been put in situations where we are a minority of sorts. So there's there's always this, how does the other person see me of being um, 
it's ingrained in us, I think. Would you say that, you know, your kind of journey through writing and poetry and directing and producing and just, you know, the kind of many hats that you wear, is that something that you always knew you wanted to do? Well, yeah, I mean, even even then, um, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, convinced at all that acting would actually be a career that I would do, like, you know, have. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was not, you know, I thought it was definitely likely that I wouldn't work in front Mm -hmm. of a camera in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, That that would have been very unusual. Um, Mm -hmm. It was never something that I thought I would do. I wrote and I, I ended up you know, I was blogging. Um, I was also a poet. I was a poet. And so that began, you know, sort of speaking, writing, sharing instantly. You know, a poem can take you a day, it can take you a week, and it can take you an hour and you look for a bar and you share it in the bar, you know. So I've always been sharing. And I think uh, when I went to drama school, I learned about plays and I, I could see that, you know, I couldn't find myself in the plays mm. and because I couldn't find myself, it, it meant that I, I had to um, forge myself into it. You know, sometimes it's like, well, what did you think you were going to do? I was living in the moment. I was just kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen some of your, your like earlier poetry performances on YouTube and things. And yeah, I feel like there was, there was um, some earlier some earlier bits of your poetry or just some bits of your poetry where you're kind of unpacking, yeah, the limited roles that do exist for someone who looks like you on screen. And it was like, either you'd be the cleaner or you'd be, I can't even remember what the options were, but there weren't many. Yeah, if you need me to be the cleaner, if you need me to be the maid, if you need me to be the slave, if you need me to be, I think I listed basically every, in my mind, sort of stereotype of uh, a black female and was basically like, I just need a job. Just give it to me. Which was kind of speaking to, I guess, economic suffering and how you are sometimes for food, willing to compromise on your ethics, on your representation so that you can eat. And I think that's a, it's a sad state of affairs that that is the, um, situation I'm glad you watched that that's cool (laughs) yeah I presume it's intentional to sort of reflect bits of that into your into your new show yeah I definitely just wanted to open you know with my I'm always just presenting um a moment that for some reason we all recognize we all understand what's going on but I don't, I'm not trying to nudge people to lean one way or the other with those moments like the audition. I'm just holding it up and we all recognize it. And maybe that inspires conversation or, or thinking, um, deeper thinking. We were just talking about that tampon, the tampon moment, actually. I feel like I text Charlie and was like, oh my God, this is the first time that I've seen that represented on screen like that. The way he responds to her blood clot and her tampons, her bloody tampons, let's talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because this is what <laughs> is happening inside of our bodies. Um, yeah. when he, his response to it almost feels like uh, the response I wish that we would have, 
the minute we saw it, rather than go through this initial sort of <gasps> cringe, cringe. Why do we have that? Why do we mm-hmm. it's something that happens every single month? It's mm-hmm. as sure as the fact that the clouds will come, the sun will rise, blood <laughs> will come, but we flinch. And so I love the fact that Biagio doesn't. Biagio is just like, oh, cool, soft. Your blood clot's soft. That's amazing. Um, what I was interested in asking in relation to the extract was more to get more of a sense of this idea of um, of like taking the note because um, I've actually never heard that phrase before, and I wonder if it's something that you still like ascribe to. Do you still take the note? Is that something you still do? <laughs> I mean, the more notes I receive, the more I learn. I learn over and over again to take the note because first I learned it as an actor in drama school and then I became a writer. And, you know, it's it's literally I have to take the note so that I know whether it's something I should reject or not. Before I reject it, I have to take it. I have to look at it. I have to see what it is so that I know what I'm rejecting, so that I know what I'm accepting. Um, I, I love, I love notes, you know, this process of making, um, I may destroy you and even making chewing gum is two and a half years of sending scripts to a team of people who just go, but what does that mean? What did you mean there? What's going on? What do you mean? And you have to explain what you mean. And then they say, I didn't really get that from the page. That's a note. It means you're not being clear. That's my note. And I can, it doesn't mean, um, you know, if they say, well, maybe you should do this. I don't have to do that. But I can see where they were confused. I can see where there was this little area where there was some misunderstanding. And look at that myself and and solve the note. Solve the note whilst not obeying orders. It helps my art evolve. It helps me evolve. Because um, it's so easy to to think that we are understood it's so easy to assume people should just understand. It's amazing how um, confusing and unclear we can actually be. It's okay to just like think um, and not be defensive. But I think for mm. us as young creatives, um, maybe it's something to do with being people of color as well. There's just, um, I'm ready. I'm like, whenever someone is confused, I'm ready with my armor. Like I'm ready for like a don't go near that. Don't touch that. Don't give you a note. Don't question what I'm doing. Do not question because you don't understand. You don't understand. And I understand. But actually, That's I'm right. like, questioning myself is really mm-hmm. helpful. Questioning myself, questioning my own motives and intentions and, you know, looking for the, the hypocrite in me, looking for the, the note, mm-hmm. looking for who deserves the note inside me. We just need to be prepared to say, the reason why I'm leaving it like this and I'm not going to change it, is because this will resonate with a particular audience, an audience that I am trying to connect with in this moment. Mm-hmm. And I can articulate why your note is redundant. I've thought mm-hmm. about your notes. I've gone home with your note. And here I'm going to articulate why I'm giving this back to you. But mm-hmm. have a great day. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I just what, what I just wanted to say quickly was just this... Um, uh, losing the defensiveness is, I think, so important. I think that's such a crucial point, and I think it's something that can really take time and work to get past. And I think everyone, I certainly think, I am still working through, you know, through that and not getting defensive when when I feel like I'm being criticised. I, I know a lot of other creatives feel the same because your work is your heart, it's your soul, and so 
sometimes when people come to you, um, yeah, it can it can be tough. But as soon you know, once I learned not to be precious about my editorial work, oh, it was such a it was such a delight because it meant I could just, I, as you say, I could take the feedback, I could take the notes, I could I could push back on the ones that I I thought were wrong, I could I could incorporate the ones I thought were right. What I would love is for more people to have the opportunity to go to experience these things, to go through draft after draft, job after job. Um, But also it does relate to our lives. Charlie, you're right. There's this other meta thing, which is, yeah, about growing, isn't it? Absolutely. Growing up. What do you think your younger self would think about where you are now today? Um, I feel instinctively I want to say I feel like she just laughs um I think she just laughs like what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> which is basically how every day <laughs> I'm still like how the hell what the hell is going on great things are going on great things are going on <laughs> in terms of looking back and and speaking to the the Michaela that wrote the extract that you that you read out for us the extract touches on so many kind of different points, but is there any piece of advice that you would want to impart to to the Michaela that said, you know, I'm not sure if this thing is going to happen? She wasn't sure if she was going to be an actor, but I don't think that gave her an ounce of anxiety. I don't think she gave a fuck. So, so I'd just probably give her a thumbs up. I'd give her a thumbs up. But yeah, Michaela, we, we wanted to ask you um, in one of the sort of last questions whether or not you had any advice for young people who are sort of trying to remain positive and hopeful and um, and trying to keep conviction in finding ways to tell their stories. Especially uh, now, I think, especially now when the industry looks so different to what it looked like before and the way of making work is going to look so different than what it looked like before. Only The only um, piece of advice, because also I'm thinking this... This goes beyond being a creative in uh, it, it, it's speaking to us full stop is to take time for yourself. Take a big break from social media. Take a big break months, months until your body stops, until your fingers stop scrolling, looking for the app that you've deleted, like wash it away and meet that person that's the person I want to give advice to um that person might not need any advice do you know what I mean that's the person that I implore all of us to go and meet Mm, that's great advice that's really really great advice well to wrap up our um, episode with you today, it's been amazing, so insightful and you know all of I'm thinking about taking notes and what that means in such a array of different contexts personal professional writing all of it um we've got a couple of quick fire round questions for you (laughs) i'm ready (laughs) okay so michaela quick fire round what shows are you binging at the moment if you binge well i'm watching um twice a week so on fridays i hook up with my friend on the phone and we watch normal people and on saturday with my friend and we watched Gangs of London so I'm half I finished Gangs of London and um I think I'm on like episode six of Normal People sorry this is meant to be quick fire I'm just curious you know might edit it out but what are you thinking of Normal People 
the performances are stunning. The boy, uh, the, the the performances are are stunning. Um, my my friend did send me a link though to your article. So I already know I haven't. Because <laughs> he said finish it. He said finish the series and then click it. So that's why I haven't. It's. I mean, it's it's great, but but that article is like a very necessary take. What dish are you missing most during lockdown? Yam, yam. <laughs> Because like I cycled, I was gonna go Dorset Market, Ridley Road, and when I got up toward it, I thought, nah, no one's working. <laughs> it's a swore. It looked like red zone. I said, you know, what, Michaela, you want to risk your life for yam? Go on. Uh, it's really tough. Your lockdown anthem. Ooh, 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 ooh. cyanide, Daniel Caesar, and coffee. Oh my god. Ooh. Listen, I've just given you a a life hack, and you go and play that song, yeah. I've given you a life hack. Thank me later. Thank me later. Sign up. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic. It's been so nice to, to catch up with you. Um, yeah, we've loved it. My pleasure. It's been so great talking to you guys. Thank you so much, Michaela. That was it was really lovely to chat to you. I've got to say goodbye, which is like sad. Well done, <laughs> by the way. Just well done. I mean, it's amazing. What Gadam is doing is amazing. Oh. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. Bye, lovely. We'll see you later. Bye, lovely. Bye. Yeah, I mean, what a special, special episode that was. It was such a joy to to see her even over Skype and just, yeah, so many words of wisdom. I, I loved hearing from both of you, to be honest, on especially when it came to kind of taking notes and, and navigating your boundaries um, on many different levels. I thought that was really important and really powerful and, you know, what you said, Charlie, as well about being comfortable with taking feedback and, and recognising that feedback isn't, you know, a criticism of of you and, and, and your worth and your value, but it's actually, you know, it, these things can be really constructive to make your work better. I thought that was really important too. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think one of the things I really like about reading Michaela's work, watching Michaela's work, speaking to her... Um, on both occasions I've had the pleasure of interviewing her is that she she challenges you right like she doesn't let you just like sort of dilly dally through through the questions like she she really cares about what other people think and feel and and how they emote and and she but she also like wants to like analyze things and, and get to the bottom of them and I thought that that really came through in the conversation today um and yeah definitely the thing that I took away from it most was just like um just that understanding of like you know her realization as a how do, do we know how old she would have been when that extract was written it was 10 years ago so she's 30s like early early yeah. 20s late teens maybe mm. um just like I just I love hearing about pivotal moments in people's lives and you know sometimes those pivotal moments don't necessarily hinge necessarily on a like a physical real world Thing that's happened sometimes it is just something that you've figured out in your own head um that needs to go on does that does that kind of make sense like obviously it was instigated by like a conversation that she'd had with the director but really all the work happened internally her her continual process of learning and figuring out how to take the notes um through her life is yeah it's all a it's a big old mind fuck <laughs> but yeah I loved it I loved it I loved it I loved it honestly absolutely loved it it was great. It was great. The first in lockdown. So I hope that, you know, 
you're you're all kind and <laughs> that the sound the sound is all right um yeah. yeah this has been an ii studios production thank you so much for listening we really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one you can find growing up with galdem on apple podcasts the acast app spotify or wherever you get your podcasts please leave us a review rate us and subscribe it really helps the show and if you'd like to find out more about galdem you can head over to our Instagram page at galdemzine, that's G-A-L-D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening.